0: Everybody, it's John. Welcome back to our journey, and welcome to a new edition of the Call to Be Free podcast. Thank you so much for checking out our content, whether it's the videos on our Gab TV channel, you know, season two of our travel vlogs is exclusive to Gab TV, or our Instagram profile the content that we put out on our blog, so much more. Find it all at calledtobefree.tv. That's called the number two, the letter B, free.tv. Well, we sat down and recorded some voiceover material for our latest episode in the Badlands, and there was so much great content that we couldn't let it all just go to waste. So, Michelle and I and the kids are going to sit down and tell you about our experience in the Badlands of South Dakota.
1: Enjoy. Madeline, what do you remember about the Badlands?
2: That it was super hot and we saw a lot of animals and we stayed there and there were beautiful sunsets.
1: Beautiful sunsets? And beautiful sunrises. And
2: it was super hot.
1: What kind of animals did do you remember seeing?
2: We saw um, bison. And we saw a big horned sheep.
1: What was your favorite animal that we saw while we were there?
2: I think it was a prey because they went up out of their home and then back down in their home and then pop up in another place. It was funny.
1: So they'd go down in their burrow? Yeah. And, and
2: they'd, they'd pop, pop up in again. a
1: in a different spot?
2: Mhm. And they made homes all over the place.
1: There were. You're right. There were prairie dog holes and tunnels and all over the place. That was one of the first things that we saw when we pulled into the Badlands, wasn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. And we get um we got to take pictures in front of them, popping up, popping down, popping up, popping down. <laughs> They're so And Daddy would call back at them. Yeah. And they go like, squeak squeak squeak. These are new people. We don't know what they are.
1: What well, can you tell me about Waldrug?
2: There's a bunch of stores, and we got to eat there, and there was a bunch of pictures we could look at, but we couldn't touch. there was stuff we could go and look at that you could take a, you could get on there was like a rabbit with those horns on it that you could climb up, there were stairs and you could climb up and get your picture on it but I sat on it and it was hot, it burned my (laughs) bottom Do you remember climbing? Oh yeah, that was super fun I was the leader for a while, and then I went down in front. I think. But some were st- super steep. We we had to like be careful going down. But it was probably I think it was easy going up, but it was hard going down because we had to be very careful going down.
3: Do you remember what you were climbing on?
2: Dried sand It looked like a rock.
1: Of all the places that we went to, I want to know if you feel like the Badlands is good for kids.
2: I like it. You like it? I think other kids will like it too. Because the dinosaur, you can climb on its tail. And the wall drug is really fun. You can see a lot of stuff.
1: There's a lot of if you are a climbing kid there's a lot of
2: those dried places rocks. to climb. Yeah. And I'm really a climbing
3: kid.
1: And Annabelle's really, really a climbing kid.
3: <laughs> it's like a big climbing playground.
2: Yeah. It's just climbing stuff everywhere. I really like the Badlands. I like that we climbed mountains and climbed the the dinosaur.
1: Oh, you know what you guys forgot to talk about? What was Alley oop oop the monkey playing the piano? Oh
2: yeah, it <laughs> was funny. You put money in, it and a, a monkey would st- a monkey robot would start playing a piano. Alley oop oop. um, um, And there was a big dinosaur that would. It's. It was a robot and it would move its head.
1: That's
0: right. Looking at
2: people, then it would. It was too loud. I didn't like the. Yeah, it was really scary. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was really loud. I would like it if it was quieter, but that's how dinosaurs were. You're talking about loud.
1: at Waldrug, yeah. the giant animatronic dinosaur that would go off every 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And we had to stand there and wait for it to start. And then when it did start, it was so loud yeah. that it scared Annabelle.
2: And it, it was kind of scare me too.
1: It was pretty intense, wasn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. I was creaking a little.
1: The Badlands was the first place on our trip that you got to do a junior ranger program.
2: Oh, yeah. And we got a badge, and it was so cool.
1: We left Mitchell, South Dakota, the Tuesday after Memorial Day weekend, headed west into the Badlands. And it was really a beautiful day to drive and no sooner than we arrived to the entrance of the park, we were already coming face to face with the wildlife.
3: Yeah, so we actually ended up going in through the north entrance of the Badlands, which didn't even have a gatehouse. Our GPS actually took us um, a long way around. We got off the interstate at about exit one hundred and ten, which is where Wall is, and. Took a little detour, which actually I think added about 45 minutes on our drive. Um, had we not taken that detour, we probably would have hit the grasslands where we were boond where we ended up boondocking in five ten minutes from the interstate. But when we went around and came in that north entrance, we got out to take pictures, and there were just a ton of prairie dogs. On both sides of the road. And they were the cutest things. I don't know that we've ever seen prairie dogs before. Uh, Maybe at
1: the local zoo. Oh, that's true, yeah. We saw the prairie dogs and they had a lot to say. The kids really enjoyed watching them pop in and out of the tunnels. And we even could see the bison off in the distance. Now, we would have closer experiences with the bison later on in our trip. But to immediately come face to face with the wildlife there, uh, set that three days in the Badlands, set the tone for a pretty magical experience all the way around. Not just with the nature, but the setting and and all of the combination of, of the different aspects of the Badlands made for a really magical three days. I think
3: it did. It's interesting when you take road trips, how you can see the landscape changing as you're driving. And that's when we were coming down interstate 90, I believe going West, you could see off in a distance, this deep crevice in the, in the earth. And it was just nothing like we'd ever seen before. Um, Guess there's some a little bit of comparison to the Grand Canyon, but obviously not to that scale. But it was just wild how the landscape just started to shift and how the dirt changes colors and it it's a lighter dirt with these different colored striations in them and just um it's just really fascinating.
1: Yeah, the Grand Car- the Grand Canyon, I think, is a good comparison because um, I remember remarking that it was just as beautiful to me, every bit as beautiful to me, the Badlands, compared to the Grand Canyon. It was simply a different type of a formation. But you had those layers of strata, those different colors. Um, you had uh deep places where um it had been cut out of the earth and you had tall places where um there were pinnacles and pillars that st- stuck up out of the earth and you could see the um places where the winds literally winds of time had um shaped and formed and made these really breathtaking natural sculptures
2: mm-hmm. it's,
1: it's like a natural sculpture garden in some spots
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then we arrived came face to face with the wildlife and went in that that back entrance that you were talking about so we had to drive through a portion of the park and then come back out in order to land At our boondocking spot, which was the Nomad's Rest, just outside of the entrance at the Badlands.
3: Mm -hmm. Just outside the Pinnacles entrance, which is right between um, Wall, South Dakota and the park itself. And going into the grasslands, it was, I mean, it's pretty much a dirt road going up there. And it's well-traveled. So you do have to be careful with ruts and, you know, just taking it slow. Uh, But we could already see people set up on the edge. Um, So really it was just driving around the loop to see where we wanted to pull in for the night.
1: Yeah, there are two different spots where you can uh, come into the Nomad's Rest. Um, If you're traveling... On what road is that? 240? If you're traveling on 240 toward the Pinnacle's entrance, you will see, in relatively short order, uh, campers and tent sites and vehicles that, that places people have set up shop. So it's very easy to spot from the road. There is one entrance that... You can go into, that's a little more rugged, but I think when you, you choose that option, there were probably some more beautiful vistas to enjoy. Mm-hmm. But if you go up to the second entrance to the Nomad's Rest, um, the, the road was in a little bit better shape. And it was much more populated, I think.
3: Right. It's like people pulled into that entrance and just found a spot and stopped. Versus going around where a little bit more secluded maybe has better sunset views. um, At least set in June. But really, there's not really a bad view. No. (laughs) I mean, you're right on the edge of this deep ravine that... Overlooks the horizon,
1: yeah, and you can see for what feels like forever,
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and when we got there, we found a um, really nice level spot right at the edge of the uh the cliff, and we set the camper up in such a way where we were. Uh, pointed, I think, east and west mm-hmm. so that our door didn't open toward the cliff.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But we we were able to uh, sit outside and en- enjoy the sunset and the sunrise. We had those breathtaking colors and when we first got the rig set up, we watched a storm roll across the plain. Never came to where we were. It didn't rain where we were, but we wa we could watch that storm roll across the plain. And we saw a rainbow.
3: Yeah, that was that was probably the coolest part of the trip. I think, <laughs> just seeing that rainbow out there, so close but yet <laughs> in such a distance.
1: Yeah. And I remember thinking how stressed I had been leading up to that moment, and uh, then having that rainbow burst out of those dark clouds. It kind of, it kind of felt like God was winking at me. It's like I see what you have put yourself through on this day. You've got yourself all torqued up, stressed out and it made it all all the stress melted away. I remember getting choked up and thinking it was all worth it because we had an opportunity to to be there and see that and just soak it in. It was it was an amazing experience and one of the the biggest highlights, most impactful highlights for me at the entire three months Mm -hmm. the cool thing I think about the Badlands while we were there was we were able to do something different every day night one we had this experience with the rainbow and then uh, after the day after we went into the park to do the Badlands loop and to hike with the kids.
3: Yeah, so we um I looked up some different hiking trails that would be good for the kids, and the one that kept popping up was the Fossil Exhibit Trail. And I'm so glad we did that one. It was super easy trail. It's had a walking path around it. It had some educational things um around the walking path, but the fun part was you could hop off that trail And go climb. And what looks like dried mud, (laughs) piles of dried mud um, were just, there were just a ton of them where you could just go climb to your heart's content.
1: Yeah, lots of places where you could see people had kind of carved their own trail. um, Not irresponsibly, but just as they get off the the walking path and, and go explore. There had been trails formed over time and um, lots of different uh, hidey holes and places to go and explore. I remember Annabelle climbing up onto this kind of mesa, this like flat tabletop area that was covered in grass. So you've got this contrast of the dried mud... And the rock formations, but then you've got these areas where there are large patches of flat ground covered with grass Mm -hmm. sticking out of the landscape. It's really uh, adds to the magical part of it because you're walking through this area and you can kind of start to look around and feel like it's a, a desert landscape. And then you go up a little further and you've got this shock of bright green color, this flat area where you can just kind of turn yourself in a circle and see forever and um, have this real beautiful, I mean, we could have packed a picnic and and sat down on the grass and and had lunch that day if we would have liked to. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. The one thing I did not anticipate was the dry heat. I didn't realize that there was going to be such dry heat in South Dakota, actually. But this was like Arizona dry heat.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and we learned that there is not a lot of precipitation in that area annually. They right. don't get a lot of rainfall or uh, snowfall, for that matter, and, and the most of the moisture that they do end up getting uh, typically ends up being the snow that falls in the winter. the The most of their annual uh, precipitation totals come from the snow that falls in the winter. Mm-hmm. So it was a very dry climate.
3: It was, and after the first hike that we did, we tried to do a couple more. But it was just so hot, and we ran out of water and it was it was time to go back home <laughs> go back to the camper to refuel.
1: It was time. We also had Sadie back at the camper, and with it being as hot as it was running off the generator, we could only do one air conditioner uh, because of the wattage of our inverter so there was a lot of taking advantage of the shade under the awning and thankfully that's the trade-off with such dry heat is it's, it doesn't feel that kind of oppressive humidity that we get in southwestern Indiana. We were able to sit outside and be in the shade and take advantage of the wind that you also experience in right. the Badlands. because
3: you're on the prairie, so you've, I mean, the winds are pretty, in, can be pretty intense at times. And when it's hot like that, the wind off the prairie actually feels really good. And it's just remembering to stay hydrated, um, which is, I think, the difference between a humid heat and a dry heat is remembering that you have to drink because your body depletes its water pretty quickly.
1: And it's easy to stay hydrated at Wall Drug because they are are the home of free ice water. The second day that we were uh, in the Badlands, we got to go into Wall and take in the historic Wall Drug facility. And that was a completely different day than day one and hiking in the Badlands Park. But it was um, just as special.
3: It really was. I think the, the, the most interesting part of Waldrug is not necessarily being there and seeing it itself, but the history behind it. It started with Ted and Dorothy uh, Husted's. I think that's how you pronounce their last names. They bought Waldrug back in 1931, and Ted had just graduated from pharmacy school in 29. And him and his wife both felt drawn to own their own store. And after um, they had talked to their family, you know, they really wanted to find a pharmacy or a drugstore that they could call their own and, and run and um, and own. And their only contingencies for moving to wherever they were going to move is it had to be a small town and they had to have a Catholic church in it. They were very committed to their faith, and Wall had both for them, but the 326 people that actually lived in Wall at the time were all poor because they'd either been hit with the Depression or the farmers um, had a bit really bad crop years. Um, After Ted and Dorothy had gone back home and talked to their families about what they wanted to do, they all agreed to go in prayer and ask God for guidance in what they should do. So after talking with their families, they all agreed to pray about it and ask God for guidance in what they should do. And, um, there were some not so favorable, favorable opinions about them going because it was so poor and not really sure how that was going to work out for them. But after everyone uh, prayed about it, They all actually agreed that it was God's will for them to go. Uh, If you've ever been to wall, like we said, it's just dry and hot and dusty. I mean, on that plane, the wind is blowing and it's just, and there's really not a whole lot around. At least at that time there wasn't. And even now there's not a whole lot around besides the wall and the national park. But his wife, Dorothy was uh, very much an optimist. And after almost five years they had little to no growth in their business and she just had this simple yet tide turning idea was to put up signs along the highway and offer free ice water to the people that were traveling and during that time Mount Rushmore was actually being built also not sure exactly when it was finished but in 1936 in the summer They put up these signs one afternoon and people just started flooding in. They, and they never stopped. They had to hire, um, I think seven waitresses that following summer. And they, they've been busy ever since, which was just amazing. And I believe, um, Ted's son still owns it, still owns the, uh, Pharmacy. And it's just grown from there. They just have added on and on to it.
1: It's still in the family, and that you bring up the best point related to it. The gimmicks are cool. Uh, the gimmicks are neat, and it's it's cool to go and you know post a picture of you and on, on Instagram, getting your free ice water, or getting your five cent coffee. Or, or seeing the dinosaurs, or the jackalopes, or whatever. All of the various things that they have managed to turn into uh, ways to make money. It's really remarkable. It's kind of like a a P.T. Barnum kind of thing for retail. They've managed to take all of these different things that seem like an afterthought or seem like you would never be able to make money that way and they've been able to leverage that as ways to either make money or get people in the door to spend money on other things is really remarkable but the gimmicks are gimmicks and the thing that blows my doors off is the history the fact that all of these various things that that you were talking about. Are a part of. This legend. That wall drug has become. They have. Walls and walls. And walls of photos. Of different places. Literally around. The world. Where there's either a sign. That says. Thus and such miles to wall drug. Wall South Dakota or somebody has taken a sticker, a bumper sticker, one of the Where the Heck is Waldrug stickers, and they're just... Waldrug, the name, has traveled the globe. And then that remarkable testimony. You think about the history of the place, but you do a little reading... The materials that they had there had the story in them, and you hear the testimony. The faith that it took that family to stick it out in such an unforgiving place. There were several different spots around Wall where we found out how hard it was to live in that part of the country. Mm-hmm. How many homesteaders gave up and walked away. And to have the faith to say, we're going to stick it out, and we have no idea how this is going to work, but we feel like God's going to make a way, and then he does it. That, I think, is the, to me, the most important and most attractive piece of the Waldrug legacy.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it actually reminds us of our story to an extent. Yeah. I mean, literally what we're doing has just been a step out of faith. Mhm. You know, into his guidance and direction and provision. Mhm.
1: After Waldrug, we actually went back into the park because it was one of those hot days where it was going to be too hot to hang out around the rig. Right. So we did the loop again as a way to just take advantage of the air conditioning in the truck and to get Sadie out of the fifth wheel for a little bit and get her out and explore some more. And we were able to check out a couple of the other spots on the loop that we didn't take advantage of the first day when we went hiking. The next day we headed on to Custer area and we are looking forward to Mount Rushmore but I want to wrap this up by hitting a couple points. The first one being this was The area where I think you really started to notice the Darwinist evolutionary impact on the materials that the National Park Service presented.
3: Yes. So, I've never really, I don't believe, have been to many national parks as an adult. And as we were going through walking the trails with the educational plaques in the visitor center, reading on the history of it. I was really kind of dumbfounded how many times the Darwinist view was presented and how many times we had to stop reading what we were reading and reframe it for the, for the girls. I mean, If you looked at the Badlands in general from a biblical worldview, you could obviously see the flood. And the fact that animals did become extinct because of that event. And to not be able to read that on the plaques was pretty disheartening.
1: And in their materials, they completely smash... The idea that climate change is a man-made thing as well. Because we read plaques about how the Badlands was at one time a swamp. And there were alligators in that part of the United States. And it talked about the change in climate. But that was at a time where there were not vehicles and fossil fuels and power plants and... All of these things that culture presses in on you with and attributes to man-made climate change. And I remember the plaque even using the words change in climate and saying that completely smashes their argument. They contradict themselves in the materials that they put out. So it's not just this idea that Uh, This false idea that the earth is millions of years old and time plus matter plus chance led to these changes. But it also destroys this notion that uh, the earth is going through this horrible change because of the way that man has promoted the use of fossil fuels and things like that too. Mm -hmm. And then finally the other thing that I wanted to make sure that we talked about is in my opinion this is one of the most kid friendly places that we went. And that's saying a lot because most of the spots that we went to were kid friendly but when you think of the ability to just have wide open prairie around us to go into the park and have tons of natural formations for the kids to climb on when you look at all of the stuff that you could do at Waldrug for free the visitor center and the junior ranger programs that we took advantage of whether that was at the whether that was at the park itself or at the Grasslands office, this was one of the most kid-friendly areas that we visited on this trip.
3: It was, but I do want to talk about the anxiety I had with our rig being on the side of the wall. I was constantly worried about Annabelle running too close to the edge because... I mean, at the time she was three. So positioning our RV and making sure that they weren't outside by themselves was extremely important and on the forefront of my mind the entire time. There are places like you could park in the prairie off the ledge.
1: Let's compare it to the area that we stayed in the Bighorn Mountains. That was another kid-friendly. We backed into the forest. And there was room for them to run. Uh, There was things for them to climb and explore. And we weren't right on the edge of danger. So I don't want to give the impression that it's just turn the kids loose. Don't worry about them. Don't watch them. There is some of that... Whether you're talking about Nomad's View where we camped or in the park itself. Because I remember being in a very intense situation with Madeline where she was on the edge of a deep, deep drop off. That's going to do it for this edition. This trip to the Badlands. But this will not be our last exposure to the Badlands. Coming home... At the end of our three-month journey out west, we'll be stopping in the Badlands again. And we look forward to telling that story and all of the stories in between. Until next time.
2: See you on our journey. See you on our journey.
0: Thank you again for spending this time with our family. We hope you have enjoyed listening. We ask that you like, share, and subscribe to all of the things that folks do with podcasts like these. And remember, you can check out our travel videos, Connect with us on social media, read our blog, and so much more on our official website called tobefree.tv. Until next time, we will see you on our journey.